those tears are still ringing my ears, and for years they remain in my thoughts. Because one night I took off my robe, and what I do? I forgot to wear shorts. I recall every fall, every hook, every jab. The worst way a guy can get rid of his flab. As you know, my life wasn't drab. Though I'd much. Though I'd rather hear you cheer when you delve. When I, though I'd rather hear you cheer when I delve into Shakespeare. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. I haven't had a winner in six months. And though I'm no Olivier, I would much rather. And though I'm no Olivier. If before Sugar Ray, he would say that the thing ain't the ring, it's to play. So give me a stage where his bull here can rage. And though I can fight, I'd much rather recite. That's entertainment. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. And my name is Ian Waddington. Uh, and as we sort of uh, alluded to last week during our um, our first episode back in a while, uh, we are talking about Raging Bull today, and in so doing... Our recommendation this week is a joint recommendation, and we are talking about the the fairly newly released Netflix Martin Scorsese directed epic, The Irishman. Epic in every way. Yes, length, tone, setting, scheme, uh, themes. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty. pretty it's big. It's a large movie. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a movie that I feel like Scorsese's entire in a career which is dotted with some of the greatest American films that have ever been made. I mean, I feel like it's been building to something of this scale. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 huge. Um, and uh, I mean, basically, we just we follow De Niro, whose name in the movie is escaping me because I haven't. It's been a while since Frank. I've seen it. Yes, thank you. Um, and uh, who's kind of just a, a guy at first and he just an everyman a truck driver yeah and he he eventually gets hooked up there's a there's a kind of a flashback scene where he he meets joe pesci's character um at like a gas station because his truck is yeah not pesci, working. pesci helps him with yeah. his broken down truck and, and he fixes yeah. it and they, they cross paths later and pesci's like oh yeah you know i can i can hook you up with a job and how how what sort of cathartic feeling did you feel when you saw those two on screen together again um it it, it was great, and I I think it's hard to say what my favorite moments or parts of the movie were because there's a lot in it. But I think this is the best Pesci has ever been. Yeah, I mean I love him in Goodfellas. He's my front runner for supporting actor. I think I think he's great in Casino. I I, I and he's he's memorable. And he's a funny actor too. In like in the Home Alones and in Lethal Weapon, I think he's great. But it was so nice to see him be menacing with a smile on his face. And just like a gentle Cause, tone, because nobody does it like Pesci. It it was just he's so sweet and down to earth. Yeah, and he's got those those piercing eyes that say, "I will fucking murder you and your entire family." Yeah, it, it was great. Um, but I mean, the movie really revolves around uh, De Niro kind of making his way up in the union and his um, his friendship and involvement with Jimmy Hoffa, played by Al Pacino, and Hoffa not seeing eye to eye with essentially with the mob. 
Um, and, uh, you know, and who, uh, the different people who were involved with that, Joe Pesci, um, is it Stephen Graham? Is that his name? Stephen Graham, yeah. Great uh, British actor that, yeah. that made his bones in, in Snatch was the first thing that I saw him Well, in. he really took off when he played Capone in Boardwalk Empire. Right. I mean, that was that was sort of, you know, and now now playing another American gangster, which I think is very funny. Which he that's also did of, in, in Public Enemies as well. Oh, he, that's I think he's that's baby right. face in that. That's, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's his niche, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really... It's kind of it's great because it's kind of watching this not a nobody but this this even it's for somebody who paints houses as they they call it in the movie um, he just seems like a fairly normal guy but mixed in really stuck between a rock and a hard place. Between, I wish they had kept that as the title of the film. I know they show it twice in the. film. I heard you paint houses. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a better. T- it's like uh, it's like Godfather Part Three. The original title for Godfather Part Three was the death of Michael Corleone, and it just sure that's just sure. so much think, better. Do you think that would have helped the movie? Not not necessarily. I'm just giving you. No, I know. I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. But it's just it's a more lyrical title. It's there's something about it that's just really intriguing. I agree. I agree. I think you're going to see this. Anybody who's a Scorsese dinner, you're going to see this thing anyway. I heard you paint house, and it's great. Yeah, I mean, especially if you go off the title alone, I I find it intriguing. I find it like, well, what 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 does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big movie. I mean, and it. I felt like that's. I mean, I don't want to even explain that much more about what happens in the movie or, or like like the plot because it really is just following De Niro and De Niro kind of follows Hoffa and but De Niro is very much obligated to Pesci and um, yeah he has to he becomes the middleman yeah at some he really point, does you know passing messages back and forth between quite you know, literally the middleman in the scene between Graham and, and Pacino later yeah. on and oh then, that's yeah. so good the, the the antagonistic relationship between Graham and, and Pacino yeah. this is. For anybody who has doubts about this film, this is these guys, all of these guys, getting back to their roots. I mean, Pacino even said it felt like making films in the 70s again. I mean, yeah. these guys at their peak. And to see them all together, to see Pacino and Pesci and just these these names, these huge uh, cartel, that's yeah. my big complaint. He wasn't Not enough. Not enough yeah. cartel. And yeah. I get he's there, his character serves a very specific purpose, and then we don't need him anymore. Yeah. But yeah. it was just a shame considering that Scorsese. I mean, they all came up together, De Niro, Keitel, and Scorsese. Yes. But I mean, Keitel and Scorsese, their first film was together. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice that he's in it, but man, I, I love me some Harvey Keitel. I just yeah. wish they'd found a way to get him in in more of it. So, so I already feel like we're going to have a lot to say about Raging Bull. So, uh, what are what are some of the, like, the key things you want to say about The Irishman? Well, there's a couple of social media things that I want to address. And firstly, this whole... <laughs> Scorsese and De Niro were misogynist because they gave Anna Paquin three lines of dialogue. Oh, I hear, yeah. Remember what I said about Marriage Story, how nice sheltered lives you must lead if yeah. you think that that is overacting. Again, get off your phones, get out, and go have interactions. The whole point of Anna Paquin's character is that she speaks volumes without having to say a word. Yeah. She sees into his soul. She knows who her father is, and her silence is deafening. And... It- I mean, I, I I think it's it's more of a I, I how do I how do I want to say this? It's been more that's been more prevalent because you know Anna Paquin is a name like we know who yes. she is. Yes. Versus the character over the years not having a lot of lines, and that's just the truth too. And I mean, is it is it misogynistic to tell a movie that's about? I mean, it's really about the guys, and I I mean, and I'm so I'm sorry about that. I mean, I I. The wives have some some dialogue in the movie, but it's not really about them. I don't yeah. I don't know what else to say. It, it's I mean, Frank's story. If you want an all female 
driven movie, go watch Hustlers. It's entertaining and and it's 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 a fine movie too. You know, it, this is just telling a totally different story. Right. So I don't I don't know. What and to say. Anna Paquin, she's great in it. And yeah. She she doesn't need dialogue. The whole point of her character, she doesn't need the dialogue to tell her portion of the story and to get inside who Frank is and and the guilt that he feels. Yeah. And uh, the eventual sort of estrangement that he will have from his family. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the point of her character. Yeah. I, so I don't get how do you how do you feel about the uh, the not, not a meme but the uh, the stuff going around about um, the best places to break this up into a four part miniseries. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and uh, just just find the three and a half hours. It is it is. I get not everybody has that chunk of time to dedicate to this, but if you, if you do, you really should. I gotta say though, as somebody who has two kids and limited time, we watched it the day it was released. That night, we just said, fuck it, we're staying up, we're watching it, and we did. And I... I, I, I know, because you interrupted me 20 minutes in. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, but I, I, might, I might even say that Melissa liked this movie more than I did. That's impressive. And she, I mean, there were, it was the scene, uh, the one, I, I, think I, I think I could speak for her correctly. I think her favorite scene was Pacino's yelling at a bunch of people in his office, and De Niro's in there, and De Niro goes to leave, and... Pacino walks. I was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm not gonna sit here and let you yell at me." And like, and like Pacino, not doesn't beg, but it's like, "I don't know." I wasn't was, talking to I was, you. I was talking to them. I'm talking to them. Yeah. yeah. And like, she goes, she goes, she fucking loved it. She loved yeah. Pacino in that scene. She loved, she loved everything about that moment. She I know. really and, and enjoyed. And when was Pacino this good? It's like it's, when was the last time? Yeah. Shit. It's Insomnia. Been a, it's been a while. I mean, it, it's been quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really well, and that's I I have not seen a lot of the HBO m- movies. Like, uh, the Phil Spector one's no good. I I did I saw you don't know Jack. That one's great. Yeah, love uh, that. But I haven't seen a, whatever else he's done. Uh, the other one was Paterno. Oh God. Which is that movie has a lot of work to do. Well, and I I just that's just that's just hard subject matter anyway. Right. With Sandusky and the whole thing that happened at Penn State, it's nuts. That's just not that's just not good. Yeah. Um. I I do I have a problem with the de aging, and it's not it's not so much that they did it. Or even like the faces, like I, I, you know, you see it, you can tell, you get over it. The physicality is hard to overcome. Yes, seventy-year-old De Niro trying to kick that guy physically, it, 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 you could tell. It's like it's a, it. You're watching an old man try not to hurt himself, hurting somebody else. Yeah, and that's a those that's a small thing. I get well, it. And that's something. Did you watch the little twenty-five minute thing? I did. And they yeah. they address that. They're like, no, Pacino, dude, you got to pick it up. You're playing fifty today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had yeah, they had somebody I think designed specifically yeah, to, it was, it to help was their job to to get the physicality right. Yeah, and again, like you said, there's only so much you can do, and I think a lot of that. De Niro has such a permanent scowl and those permanent <laughs> like baked in wrinkles that it's <laughs> hard true. to iron those out. That's and I've, true. I've had this discussion with a couple of people that are like, yeah, the de aging is great, but you can still tell that it's old De Niro, and I mean these guys aren't supposed to be playing young anyway. Other than in the one, the World War II flashback, yeah. where he's supposed to be in his twenties, which that I loved. I thought that was great. I really was like, oh my god! And it's, he didn't. It's, it's fucking taxi yes, driver. And he era. didn't have to move a whole lot, which right, was which, which is great. Definitely and, helps. And I, I, it really was. I feel like just that moment of him beating the shit out of that guy who threw his daughter out, or I forget yeah. what that. But the, but he goes there to to, to make a to, great. To, Prove a point. Great scene. I mean, and the way that I mean, it's got all your typical Scorsese tropes and the way he moves the camera. So yeah, I, and in that scene especially. I also I think maybe the because I, I do want to get to Raging Bull. Um, I think maybe the the last thing that I'll say that I'll say that I'll bring up is 
it it was a Scorsese movie. You could tell the style, the camera movement, the it, music. It's, it's all yeah. It's all oh God, it's music. all Scorsese gold. But one of the things it did is it wasn't as violent as it easily could have been. That's that's another issue that that has been brought up. I know on social media about his films glamorizing violence. And again, I say to that, what what fucking movie are you watching? I don't. I can't think of a single film other than maybe Gangs of New York, where Scorsese has glamorized violence. He has always shown the repercussions of violence, the consequences of it, and yeah. what it does to you, and especially in this film, what it does to somebody emotionally over a series of decades. That's the whole point of this film for me, is to to deal with the psychological impacts of a violent life over well, decades. Well, yeah, I mean, we, that last shot of De Niro is, I mean, that says it all. Yeah. I mean, what was it all for? Yeah, right. You know, and and I, what I loved is you don't you don't know really who he's talking to for most of the film, but for me the film is a confession. Sure, I could see that. And the, the other thing too that I well I, I lied. Well, I, I got to bring up one more thing. What I liked about this movie was that afterwards it definitely Melissa and I kind of went on a a, a a mini tear of like okay, so what do we know about Jimmy Hoffa? And what what I what I like and what I, I people have to. This movie is not, it's not fact. I, I get that uh, these people existed. It's probably the closest too, though. I mean, the, sure, all the dots that they connect and make logical sense. It, sure, there's, there's a reason but, why we haven't found the body, and they address that. Yeah, perfectly. Exactly. And again, but we're it, there are you have to take some leaps, you have to take some liberty, and we have to stop looking at movies as as historical records. They're not. They're movies. They're entertainment. I said my piece. Any other any other lingering thoughts about the Irishman you want to put out there? <laughs> no, I, I think I think we summed it. But just for anybody who's hesitating, see it as soon as possible. Oh, please, please it's, try and find that yeah. three and a half hours and do it in one chunk if you can. I would say find a day and just binge watch. There's some great shit on Netflix right now. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, watch the Irishman. That watch the marriage Irishman. story. Yeah. Oh God, I I'm blanking on some of that. Uh, you liked the laundromat? We I did like the laundromat. Little yeah yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, Netflix, I, Netflix is stuff. killing it right now. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, definitely got some prestige stuff going on. Yeah, um, fuck. All right, dude. Let's. We're talking about Raging Bull. Dive we're just gonna into get into thing. it. Um, first Scorsese. Yes, it is. Uh, anniversary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it came out in November, but like, we're, we're the decades though. It, yeah. it's been forty years. Yeah. Um. So obviously directed by by uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, Written, it's, it started to be written by Mardik Martin, um, but Paul Schrader came in and punched it up to basically what we see today. Um, and obviously based on Jake LaMotta's um, Raging Bull, my story. Final, final draft was Scorsese and De Niro themselves. Yeah, oh, what, uh, in St. Martin? Is yeah. that where they were? Just yeah. kicking it? and Just hanging out in the Caribbean. You know, doing what you <laughs> Why do. Why not? Um, I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of people in the movie, but I think I've got a pretty good um, list of people who are in it. So obviously Robert De Niro's playing Jake LaMotta. Joe Pesci's playing his brother Joey. Kathy Moriarty plays his second wife, Vicky. Um, Nicholas Calistano plays Tommy Como. Um, Teresa Saldana plays his first wife, or I'm um, sorry, plays Lenora, who's Joey's wife. Frank Vincent, ah, you gotta love me some Frank Vincent, plays Salvi Batts. Um, I have uh, I only have one I have one boxer. I have Johnny Barnes, who plays Sugar Ray Robinson because he fits him the most. Um, and that's pretty well, much that, why that was the rivalry. Yeah, that was, was the rivalry. Sugar Ray. Yeah. Um, I I got a couple. I mean, Scorsese has a small little cameo at the end as the stagehand. Yeah. He, you know, tells him he's only got a couple more minutes before he's got to go on stage. Yep. Uh, his dad, Charles Scorsese, has a uh, cameo in it. No. Oh. And while I'm I'm talking about his parents, um, his mom, Catherine, is not in this one. I mean, she is in several of his other. Films. Yeah. How much? I, I, that's another something I probably should have brought up 
during our little Irishman discussion just a minute. How much do you miss Scorsese's mom in his movies? <laughs> that was that is the only thing, and of course it, it can't. She's no longer with us, but yeah, she that would have that was been the icing on the cake. She will never be better than she was in Goodfellas. That scene at the dinner table is is fucking. One, so one dog's great. looking this way, one dog's looking that. Way. One's looking east, one's looking west. What do you want? Uh, be- beautiful head of hair. Beautiful head of hair. Oh, it's great. It's great. And she's so good in Casino, too, with the, the yeah. telling them to stop swearing. Yeah. I guess she was supposed to be in Taxi Driver as well, but she he cut her. Oh. He cut her out, which she never forgave him for. It's a tough cut. You got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. And uh, in his very first performance, I don't think he has a line of dialogue, but John Turturro is in Raging Bull. Oh, I think I read that. Yeah. yeah. He has a very... I mean, he's he's central in the, yeah. in the scene that he's in. You can see very clearly that it's him, but I don't think he has a line of dialogue. Yeah. Um. So... So uh, Martin Scorsese has a few other movies in the book. Um, they are Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, The King of Comedy, and Gangs of New York. Um, I have not still, still not seen The King of Comedy. I want to. I just I, I haven't. I think you'll like that very much. Yeah, I think I will too. Um, and this will come back up later. I think in terms of just talking about Scorsese in, in general. Um, so uh, award stuff. I mean, up for a lot. I mean, the Academy Awards, um, it, it basically lost a lot of things to Ordinary People, which happened, which is sort of the movie that year. Which I have not. Have you seen Ordinary People? You know what? I Once, I went through a tear of trying to watch 80s best picture winners I haven't seen. And I, I, I watched that and I've seen, I know I've seen Terms of Endearment and Gandhi, but I cannot, I mean... If you were to ask me what, what happens in them, I, I can't tell you. It's yeah. been a long Gan- time. Well, Gandhi's pretty dense. That's true. Um, but no, I, I have because that's the one with um, that's that's uh, 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 Judd ben, ben Kingsley. Is no, 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 not Gandhi. Oh, it, sorry, sorry. sorry. Ordinary people. Judd Hirsch and and uh, Timothy Hutton and yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've seen it. I don't remember it. Yeah. Um. So it, it lost Best Picture and Director to Ordinary People. Um. Obviously, De Niro won Best Actor for this. Um. Joe and Pesci lost. Thelma Shoemaker won uh, for editing. Best yes, editing, I haven't. Great. I haven't gotten there yet. But you're, yes, exactly. Um. And Pesci and Moriarty were both nominated. They lost, um, and it also lost sound. Um, and that was to Empire of the Sun. And cinematography to a movie called Tess. I've never seen Tess. I don't know what that's oh, about. Oh, Empire Strikes Back. Sorry. So, yes. 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 Wrong. I only put Empire, so oh, okay. I'm is not that, surprised that, by that. that I, I shorthanded my notes. Yeah. You're, you're off by about seven years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, it, I mean, and there, God, I, I picked some of the bigger awards because there was a shitload of these. Yeah. Um, at the BAFTAs, De Niro lost actor. It won editing. And Pesci won Best Newcomer and beat out Kathy Moriarty for that. Um, at the Golden Globes, De Niro won, lost Best Picture. Uh, the National Board of Review said it was the second best film of the year. And De Niro and Pacino, or sorry, De Niro and Pesci both won. Um, it is currently number four on the AFI's top 100 films of all time, uh, up 20 positions from 24 on the first list and uh, hey ian god i've had done this in so long ian is this film in the national film registry it was inducted in 1990 which is the first year it was eligible yes because you have to have been out for 10 years which i think is smart unlike the book that we use yeah by the way i don't know if you've noticed this i've stopped saying the wonderful book a thousand and one movies at the top of it because i'm not going to call it a wonderful book not with this not with this new edition no no. not at all not at all and um so i checked uh, on december 19th this movie was number 142 i checked on the same day hey Hey. did the same number 142. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just no, it being, didn't change. I'm being on the facetious. Day. Yeah. Um, so number 142 on the IMDb 250. It um it has a uh, critical score of 94 on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 93. So very high up there. Um, I got Ebert's review. 
I don't uh, know I've if you got would... I've got his retrospective review, the one from uh, the great movies. Okay, so the, I, I the took 90. the first one. So you've got his original. Yeah. So let me. I, I'm gonna read. I'm going to read the first two paragraphs. I'm sorry if it takes a while because this is going to come full circle to part of what I want to say about the movie. So um, uh, Ebert's review starts, Martin Scorsese's Raging Bull is a movie about brute force, anger, and grief. It is also, like several of Scorsese's other movies, about a man's inability to understand a woman except in terms of the only two roles he knows how to assign her, virgin or whore. There was no room inside the mind of the prizefighter in this movie for the notion that a woman might be a friend, a lover, or a partner. She is only to begin with an inaccessible sexual fantasy, and then, after he has possessed her, she becomes tarnished by sex. Insecure in his own manhood, the man becomes obsessed by jealousy and releases his jealousy in violence. It is a vicious circle. Freud called it the Madonna whore complex. Groucho Marx put it somewhat differently. I wouldn't belong to any club that would have me as a member. It amounts to a man having such low self-esteem that A, he cannot respect a woman who would sleep with him, and B, is convinced that, given the choice, she would rather be sleeping with someone else. I'm making a point of the way Raging Bull equates sexuality and violence because one of the criticisms of this movie is that we never really get to know the central character. I don't agree with that. I think Scorsese and Robert De Niro do a fearless job of showing us the precise feelings of their central character, the former boxing champion, Jake LaMotta. Do we even need to continue the episode? Because Roger Ebert kind of just did it for us. No, we're gonna. We're gonna. Because (laughs) because I disagree with him. Like on every point? Uh, Most of them, yes. Wow. Yes. That's stunning. No, no, this will be... This should be an entertaining episode. Are we Are we going to have a repeat of Apocalypse now? Maybe. Oh fuck me! I did not prepare myself for that. All right. So, let's, uh, let's but, go. Let's but what do you it. have? What do you have? What do you so have from I, his the, 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 uh, the paragraph that I like from his uh, ret- from his retrospective, the 1998 Great Movies review, um, is the last paragraph. It says, "Raging Bull is the most painful and heartrending portrait of jealousy in the cinema, and Othello for our times." It's the best film I've seen about the low self-esteem, sexual inadequacy, and fear that leads some men to abuse women. So what he was talking about is an original review. Yeah. Boxing is the arena, not the subject. LaMotta was famous for refusing to be knocked down in the ring. There are scenes where he stands passively, his hands at his side, allowing himself to be hammered. We sense why he didn't go down. He hurt too much to allow the pain to stop. I don't know how to jump into this. Um, so this is the th- the third time that I've seen this movie. Um, I have lost count. Okay. I must. In, so I, I originally saw this in about 2001 and I was on a huge Scorsese kick. I had seen Taxi Driver. And I, mine wouldn't be until about six years later. Okay. But, but yes. Yeah. I had seen uh, Bringing Out the Dead, which is, I think, a very underrated Scorsese. I agree. I really like yeah. that one a lot. Um I, that first year, I must have watched it ten times. Yeah, I just could not believe what it was that I was seeing. That that a film this with this much audacity had had been made about such an unlikable character. Now, this is me probably obviously not realizing that at the time, but sure. looking back retrospectively about how two thousand and one Ian must have felt about yeah. it. Um, so, do you want to do a brief? plot synopsis or would you like no yeah totally um it's it's uh so basically we jump right into uh jake lamotta's life now not now theoretically the movie starts in the future and then does a quick cut about what three decades 
Yeah, prior. it's uh, early 40s. Yeah. Is, yeah. And, uh, but, but really, I mean, we, De Niro plays Jake LaMotta. He's a, he's a prize fighter. Um, it seems like he should a be A pugilist. Getting, a pugilist. Uh, it seems like he should be getting more shots than he is. Uh, for whatever reason, he's not. Um, a, a lot of that has to do with the fact he's not kind of, I guess, playing ball with. Yeah, he doesn't play the game. The mob or you know whoever's yeah. running things, um, and uh, uh, Joe Pesci who plays Joey, which can be confusing when you call when he hears him called Joe all the time. Um, is it like his manager sort of and it's kind of at the ringside and is sort of trying to get him into these good fights, and. And and his brother is the one that has all the mob connections. Yes, yeah. and uh, we really just kind of follow his journey as a boxer. He he meets he meets Kathy Moriarty, who I was surprised when I found out she was actually what nineteen when they shot it. But she's supposed to be playing fifteen. True, but but even I I her she was born like in the wrong decade. Like she seems like somebody who would have like she reminded me so much of um. Kim Novak, like, oh like, yeah, yeah, you were just yeah. meant to be in films in the fifties. Like, yeah. I, it just her whole, her whole demeanor just seemed like, uh, like that. But um, he he meets, he meets Kathy Moriarty and essentially leaves his first wife to be with with her. I mean, it's hard. I don't want to go beat by beat, but essentially we just we follow we follow him and as as his uh his fame rises and as he eventually becomes the champion, his his jealousy rises uh about his wife and who she might be seeing. So much so that eventually he believes that his brother might be uh, having a relationship with her. Yes, he is a, a very inadequate. He feels very inadequate, and the the distressing times or the down times between fighting when he's just at home alone and he has the the opportunity to nitpick things and to to pull even a syllable apart yeah. until it it suits his purpose of low self-esteem and so then he can turn around and project that onto the people in his life sometimes in very violent ways yeah Yeah. and of course it alienates everything and everyone around him until he ends up destitute and alone yeah Mm -hmm. you're you're pulling a bit of a de niro face right now i don't i (laughs) i i I wanted to so so the first time i watched this movie i must have been probably 20 or so um, and I'm sure I liked it, but it was definitely on a similar thing, watching Taxi Driver and, and, and this and rewatching Goodfellas and, and just going through a Scorsese phase. I, I, you know, and I remember, remember doing that. It must have been maybe around the time of The Departed because I was like, oh, cool, yeah, new Scorsese. I'm just going to watch a bunch of shit that I haven't seen. And, and, uh, and I, I, so I watched it, and I can't remember what I thought of it the first time I saw it. I must have watched it again in the time that I was in grad school just to watch it, to put it on. And... I remember thinking, is this a good movie? Like I remember liking, did I liking the performances and liking and we have, I, we have so much to talk about the, with like the way it was filmed and and the camera and the editing and everything about the way this movie was filmed is fantastic. And I and I watched it again, and I I really I I had a a good moment with myself just thinking, okay, how do I feel about this movie, and. Uh, now is the more is the more poignant question how do you feel about this character or it, how do you feel about this movie It's both because because the character is the movie I mean this movie is about him Yeah and from 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 the from the onset I don't understand him and I think I think what Ebert is saying is really incisive and it seems to be, I think it's, it's a great observation. It's something to put on there, 
but I don't want to have to read his review to, to, to necessarily see that because all I see really is a, is a brute who gets his way. That's does, what I does see. Does he get his way though? Uh, until he doesn't until it, until it finally gets to the point where his wife has left him and he gets arrested because he's let 15 year olds into the club. Well, even, even before that, you know, he's, as we said, he's not playing the game. And when he does play the game, it, it destroys him. You know, there's no coming back from taking that dive. Sure. I, I get that. I, um, I've never, like, I, I felt so l- it, lethargic yes. about his yes, throwing is, the fight. It's hard to feel sympathy for a man like that. And it's, it's interesting because then I, I really try to think about Scorsese's filmography. And granted, I haven't seen everything, but when I think about his, um, his, you know, his essential viewings, right? You know, Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Casino, Goodfellas, all, you know, all those. I, I, these are uh, these are also characters who are not necessarily good people, but Scorsese finds a way of of making movies about not good people. But I still find them entertaining. I'm engaged. I want to see what happens. And maybe I, Goodfellas is just, is just a different example because I, it might be my favorite Scorsese movie. But like. I know that Henry Hill is not a good person. I know that Jimmy Conway isn't a good person. I understand that that the characters in the movie are not good people. Is it the way that it's shot or the way their stories are told that makes it, them easier it, to root it for? It might be. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Because I, I think even though people are killing other people and people are stealing from other people, I I, I think we, we get to see them as, as, as decent human beings. And we can we can psychoanalyze Jake LaMotta all we want to, both out of the ring and in the movie. But ultimately, the character that we see in the movie doesn't deserve our sympathy. No, no, there's I there's nothing. Only want about bad him. things for him. Yes, and like I it's I I I had such an internal conflict watching that scene in the in the jail cell where he's you know stupid stupid you're an animal you know why why did you do like no. of watching an actor give a a a brilliant performance, a, a, a committed and wonderful moment on screen and not giving a shit about it. It was weird. It was this like, I, I don't know how to feel about this because I, he did the work. I, I do think he did a good, I, I think as a performance, I think as, as committed as he was to Well, it, and that's not even to, to talk about the physical end of what he did. Exactly. But I, I don't know, man. I, I want to hear you talk about it more because I'm, I, I, I don't you want know. to find something to latch on to. Yeah, what I, love. I and, do. And it, well, the advantage I have is that I've seen it. If I were to guess conservatively, I've seen Raging Bull probably more than 30 times. Jesus Christ. In, oh, in man. the course of, of 20, less than 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're, you're right. No, you, as a rational human being, <laughs> you don't want good things for this man. He is a piece of shit. He is a genuinely terrible human being who is so self-absorbed and so much inside his own head he's never going to be able to empathize with the people the people that he is supposed to empathize with his brother his his wife his second wife his children he's he's never going to be a likable human being you know he's got he's very one-track minded yeah yeah it's about not getting knocked down in the ring. It's about winning that heavy heavyweight championship. It's about having ownership and control of everything in your life to the degree where my wife looked at that guy funny. 
or she said he's a good looking guy. What does that what does that mean? Is she fucking around on me? What she do it's the 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 obsessiveness. Yes. I and I guess I just wanted And th- there isn't anything likable about that. Well, There's and, not supposed to be. I, and I wish maybe that I guess I wish I I I understood him more. Because that's Be- the beauty of the movie. No, it's not though. Oh, it is. Though. No, it's not. Yeah, I just th- They're trying th- to give you a window into this fractured, disgusting soul. I mean, th- it is. He is a toxic. He is. He is the definition of toxic masculinity. And trying to have a window into that, we don't necessarily need to know why he does it. But this is this is an expose of how that that toxicness, just how far it can go. So I'm. I, it, so so I'm supposed to just go oh he's a man he's gonna he's gonna get what he wants he doesn't though he doesn't get what he wants i maybe he doesn't actually but he thinks that he can he thinks that he will that that is that yeah that is ultimately ultimately his fallacy that is his uh the sort of icarus nature about him sure but i mean but why why am i spending two hours with him why? Why am I watching this movie? Well, why are you watching any movie? Why are you spending two hours with anything? Because because some movies can incite reaction and 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 change your outlook on things. And I realize that sometimes we just want to go to a movie to laugh. I, I get that. I get that those are things, which is, like is not going to happen in this one. No, no, that's that's fine. And not all movie. I mean, I don't have to laugh in a movie. I just, I just don't. I didn't. I didn't learn anything. I didn't. I didn't feel empathy. I. I was like. So you genuinely felt nothing during this film. I felt. I felt anger and irritation. I mean, I. I did, but I. I can feel, like, but not in the not in like the anger that I can feel when I watch like an injustice being done in the movie. I'm like, that shouldn't happen. Like, that's that. Well, that's not right. That, well, that's this movie is chock full of that. You mean towards like the other characters? Yes, and the fact that I mean, there's. There's an element of them almost enabling him. Well, and and, and yes, <laughs> I agree. And again, I'm like, so okay, cool. So now, now I care less about everybody else too, which is because like, they're all putting their lives, their emotions, their their hopes on hold when, to to make sure that we can get him to the the middleweight championship. When when he kicks in the door to the bathroom that Vicky has has hidden herself in. And she admits to basically fucking every guy on the block. And he, he leaves. He, he's going to Joey's house. And she's hitting him. And he gets in. And he... he Did you he, fuck my wife? He punches fuck him my out. my wife? Yeah. Right, right yeah. there. He hits her. So we're, we're watching... We're, I'm watching this scene. And I'm going, this guy is a piece of shit. But she's also kind of a piece of shit. And, and he, the brother, he's also a piece of shit. And then... When she comes home later that night and he barely says anything to her and he holds her, she drops her shit and she stays. There's not too much movie left after that. But it, at that point, that's when I was almost like, I, I'm, I'm out. I'm out because. I can, like, I can tell you for a fact because I've seen it in my own life that that does happen though. No, no, no. I, I totally get that. I get that people stay for, for stupid reasons. I do. I, I realize that that's a thing that happens in life. And sometimes uh, what we want to see is either that it, it, it worked. Um, mostly I don't think that we I don't I don't think we want to see that it doesn't. And if it's not going to work, then it, like sure the, 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 the decent human being in us wants to see 
well, how did it, how did it, how did it work in a different way or, or for the other person? But like, I just, I, I feel like, like a, a movie, maybe this is a weird, but like Requiem for a Dream. These are also people not making very smart decisions. But at the end, when we see the repercussions of, of their actions, or at least when I do, I go, fuck. Okay. Wow. Like, again, as hard as a movie that is, that's one I try to watch every every other year because it's like, I need a reminder that, like, as bad as things can get, I don't fucking do drugs. I don't stick needles in my arm. Like, like, like I don't know. Like, there's just something about, as a, as a cautionary tale, because we kind of see a rise and a fall, and I realize there's a rise and a fall in this too, but maybe I can just find that journey easier to hop onto versus this one. I don't, I just don't care about them. I think this is just me spitballing and, and who knows, unless you were to cut the movie together yourself. (laughs) If you were to remove the bookends, is this a better movie of him in the clubs doing the speeches? And it just ends with him in prison, beating the shit out of himself against the wall. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because I, I mean, think I think that's a, a problem. It's certainly a problem that I had with Wolf of Wall Street. But I think Scorsese is very... This is what he's very excellent about highlighting in his films that doesn't get talked about enough is that there's no such thing as karma. Karma is bullshit. And I think this is something that he has wrestled with in his own life because he is a very spiritual, religious man. He was, before he was a filmmaker, wanted to go into the seminary, wanted to be a priest. And, yes. and he, he tackles a lot of those deeper theological philosophical things about good things still happen to the worst fucking people yeah yeah you know what i mean at the end of the movie he's he's not in prison and jake lamotta did profit from this film yes right i mean he's a piece of shit that deserves nothing in the same way that uh wolfie what's his fucking name What's the character? Oh, Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't deserve. He's he's gone on to do fairly well mm-hmm. with his seminars and yep. to and to make money again. Whereas he should be in prison for the rest of his fucking life. Yes, there is no karma. So let's just ha- uh, let's take a look at these people. Let's a window and expose them. A window into their souls and what pieces of shit they actually and, are. And uh, Wolf of Wall Street is a great uh, movie to bring up because I think well, I, they I think they do a good job of mirroring each other. Sure, but there, like, the, there's there are some key differences. Uh, one of which is that there's just funny moments in it. Yeah. Like, there's moments of levity. And while I don't care about Jordan Belfort, because I I don't not not really. There's a there's a charisma. There's a charm. There's something. There's a something about the movie that keeps me engaged. Yeah. Wanting to see what happens next. I, I think part of that is just Scorsese evolving as a filmmaker. Sure. Totally. Totally. And. And I, I get too that that you, well, well you you know, Scorsese floats out of uh, maybe his his comfort zone with different movies every once in a while. But but when it, when you look at those kind of movies, even the ones that are similar are different. There's something there's something different he's trying to tackle in each one, and I I, I get that. Which is another. I mean, a lot of people just assume he's a guy that makes gangster movies when he's made exactly four gangster movies in a massive career that spans fifty years now. Yeah, which is really frustrating when people put him into that into that box because not one of his films is the same as the other. No, I mean this is the guy who also did like, Alice. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Last Temptation of Christ. Last Waltz. Yeah, uh, was Radio Days one of his? No, that was Woody Allen. Excuse me. Uh, I'm, he did one very similar in the eighties. What was that? 
After Hours. Okay, yes. Yep. After Hours is the one I'm thinking of. Sorry. Uh, yeah, the 80s was weird for him. Age of Innocence? Age of Innocence, yeah. He did a fucking stuffy... Period piece drama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you it, can't put Scorsese in a box. No, no. And I, I nor should you. And and I guess I just did a sequel to fucking The Hustler. That's true. Again, like I said, the 80s. The movie everybody wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the 80s were fucking weird for him. I just, I don't know. I I really, I, there, there is so much about this movie to like. I, I One of the behind the scenes things I was watching was, um, uh, I, it was about the last Sugar Ray Robinson fight, which I mean, it's just filmed <laughs> fucking beautifully. Yeah, it's awesome. You can see like the heat well, in I, that room, and I didn't realize it actually had flames going. Like, yeah. like in terms of, because I, I never watched the he's, behind. He's the in stuff. hell. He's in his personal hell. Yeah, and I loved the ring getting bigger, and just how the ring worked in terms of his own, like his his mental state and what that yeah, was and doing. And that's to him. another great thing, as far as technically, every fight looks different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything about the way this movie was filmed or put together because yeah. I the editing, the cinematography, the the, I, the I, black and white. I think it was an amazing choice. Yeah, and, I and there's too. several reasons for it. One of them is that he wanted it to be as different from Rocky yes. as possible, which was the big boxing movie. And actually, uh, Chartoff and Winkler, the two producers who also produced the Rocky franchise. Uh, they they leveraged making Rocky two. They would not make Rocky two unless they were allowed to make this, which is great. I I love hearing that. The other the other thing that I I, I heard when I was watching it that I thought was great was is they they were kind of starting to go over budget and over schedule a little bit, but the the studio was having so much issues with uh, Days of Heaven, yeah, that they were just kind of like, well, they were just letting us be because that was the bigger clusterfuck going on, yeah. <laughs> which I've still not seen. Have you seen Days of Heaven? No, I haven't. Yeah, I. I don't know, man. I don't know if I have it in me. It's hard to like set aside time to a movie that's been almost universally panned. That's a huge time commitment for something that is probably do, not going to pay do off. Do you have the criterion? No. Okay. No. I Several times I have thought about blind buying it. <laughs> I, and I just don't know, man. I don't think I can bring myself to it. I know. Yeah. Although that's 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 a discussion. You know, Criterion. If you just want to send us a copy, yeah, please, we'd be, we'd be fine with we, that. We'd be happy to sit here and review it. Yeah. Oh, well, I, well, well, I can plug Criterion in the next one. Yeah. yeah anyways. Um. So yeah, I I, I mean, what, so I think so. So far, we've established that technically, you think it's it's a great film, and and one thing to bear in mind is that Scorsese threw everything into this because he at the time assumed it would be his last. Yes. Yeah. He himself was going through a bit of a, a drug overdose yeah. and a lot of problems with cocaine, and it was like pulling teeth apparently for De Niro to get him to make. It took like six years to get this film made from yeah. the time that De Niro gave him the book. Yeah, yeah. And it, I thought it was interesting too, you know, that De Niro even kind of knowing that the, the book itself wasn't wasn't a fantastic read, yeah, but not, he could not filmable. At he all. could tell that there was something with the character that he uh, wanted to pursue, um, which I think is the most admirable thing about this film is the lengths that De Niro went to get it made and what he did to himself physically and and what he must have done psychologically I mean you talk about the physical aspects of it LaMotta said he could have gone pro yeah they, they spent a year and he's like hey man if this acting thing doesn't work out you you got a shot if you want to be a boxer I mean you are in peak physical condition and the thing that breaks my heart is seeing him destroy that because he he they say he ate his way through Europe. Yeah, that, yeah. To get to the sixty plus pound, uh, to add the sixty pounds, and the shot where 
right before they arrest him where he's just laying there in bed with his gut just hanging it's, yeah it's heartbreaking to see to see him go from that peak physical condition to just li- literally let it all go yeah i think this this is the hot take and it's a take you're not gonna like okay and it's gonna lead to a bigger discussion that we've danced around previously okay this is the bravest performance of the 20th century. What do you mean by that? I don't think it's the best performance. I think it's the bravest. Oh, I, so, okay. So as far as not just what he did physically, but what he has to tap into in the things that you've been talking about, sure. about this piece of shit character, about laying it all on the line and exposing just how awful we can be as human beings, not just to ourselves, but clearly to everyone else in our lives. And I think there is a... I think you'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find actors even wanting to take a role like this. I mean, now obviously after De Niro did it and blazed the way for performances, like I'm sure that door opened wider. But pre 1980, how many people do you think would have been brave enough to step up to the plate to take a role like this? Uh, you certainly weren't going to get your Cary Grants or your Jimmy Stewart's anywhere near it. No, well, sure, and I mean they just weren't making movies like that. Well, anyway. it, exactly, but. I, I, it's tough because I, I'm what I'm saying is it had the opportunity been there in their day. Sure, yeah, yeah. I it's tough because I, 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 I understand what you're getting at when you say you know who would have tackled it, and I think maybe we think that way because of it's it's been epitomized so much because it, it is this memorable classic performance. Yeah, I'm not going to discount that there is a sort of romanticization that has happened around it. But but, but but all I mean by that is is that you know, like you like. M- my reaction to that would be, I'll do it. Like, I want the challenge. Like, I, I, I would hope, I would hope that most actors would be like, oh, oh, I'll do it because yeah, I want, yeah, of course I, want you the would. Ch- I hope, I hope. I don't, I don't but, know. But how many people are going to put in the level of commitment that De Niro put into it? I, I don't know. I don't know. This I is mean, De Niro at his most method. Yes. Method in a way that we would later see in somebody like Daniel Day Lewis. I. <sighs> I, I mean I, I I'm not gonna agree or disagree with your bravest performance. I mean it, that's we're talking about all of the 20th century and, yeah. and all of the performances it, it's that a exist. Big, it's a wide net I'm casting. I mean it, it's hard to to try to narrow that down. Um, I'm not I'm not asking you to agree or disagree. No no I, I I I mean it's hard to it's hard to do either I guess you know because I I don't I don't know because I'm not, I guess I'm not really a, I guess I'm looking more for a reaction to what you think of of De Niro's. Use any sort of adjective you want. The one I use is is brave. I mean, I think I think it's I I I think it's commendable. I think it's it's we have to acknowledge that you know he he chose to do this and in in a time where <laughs> it wasn't uh, trendy to do it. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm thinking of Christian Bale, but like a lot of people will do this. You know, I'm gonna change my physical appearance because it's gonna show that I'm putting in the commitment to the role when. That's not, that's not, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour, but I appreciate that it's just, it's prosthetics. He doesn't, he didn't have to gain 80 pounds to be Winston Churchill. Well, also, I just play at, Winston Churchill. And at his age, it's, it's impractical anyway. Sure. But I, I, I don't like this notion that like to get into character, I have to literally physically become who they were. So if, if they're if they're 30 pounds heavier than I am, I got to put on the weight. Or if they're much, much smaller than I am, I have to lose all of the weight. I don't think that that is necessary to make a good performance. I think it could be 
I think it no, I think it informs the performance. I can, it could be cool to see. I yeah. think that's 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 fine, but I, I do think that it's become this cop out acting. Is just I'm gonna let weight loss or prosthetics do the acting for me. Um, and it's it's part of the reason why I don't like people winning for playing real people. But that's it's they're, they're similar but but different. I I just feel like. You know, where are the the original performances? Where are the you know? I I was talking to somebody about this um, uh, recently, and I f- I forget what year it was. I think it was the year, and I might might this might be off, but I was talking about um, how much I loathe Eddie Redmayne. I don't like him as an actor. I don't think he's talented, and I think him winning for playing Stephen Hawking because he kind of looks like Stephen Hawking is a pile of big pile of horseshit. And I I want to say that that was the year that Vigo was nominated for Captain Fantastic, which is a, a very underseen movie, and he is Oh, no, he's I loved, phenomenal I in really it. loved Captain Fantastic. He is so fucking good in that so movie. I, so I think, I think your argument is, is that people shouldn't win just because they did something to themselves physically. Yeah. They, 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 they went out of their way to do something that was a little extra that but, ultimately could be unnecessary. But it's not acting. That's not acting. That's that's research. That that's physical alteration. But that in itself is not acting. Um, and I and and I don't I don't really put that stigma on this performance because he did it before people were doing it, quote unquote. Like you know, because that's that's how we show that we're acting. Um, and I do think that that's you know, I'm sure there was a mental thing of like getting into the like the most ripped you ever were to then go to the most schlubby and out of shape you ever were. Um. And that is that is commendable. Was it necessary? I don't know. You know, I, a lot we did see a lot of him uh, with his top off, so we could see just how much weight he'd gained. He's playing a boxer, so we are gonna we're gonna see him with his shirt off a lot. I just I don't know. You know, in in retrospect, or you know, looking at it now, it's like it. it I I don't know how much I care about it. You don't have to apologize to me. No, I, I just, I, 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 I this is a movie that I, I want to like more than I do, I think. Well, it's a movie that you're at a disposition. I mean, it's a movie that's hard to like. True, but I don't, I don't mind because like of hard the, movies because with, of the central character and and the way that he lives his life. Sure, I, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, in the because I feel like I've been wrapped around the movies we're talking about during this this recording session that I, I, I can't think of a great example, but. You know, what's a movie that's comparable to this where the lead character is not a good person? It doesn't really change throughout the movie. I, I, I mean, I'm that that is I don't know. I, I just I can't I can't think of something else. But it's like this is just I don't think it's even really enjoyable to watch. Like like as a I don't I don't really want to ever go back and rewatch this movie. You know, I mean, I I, I it's filmed well, but most of Scorsese's movies are it's edited well, but most of his movies are and I don't know I I feel like I'm I'm I I, I'm I'm kind of staring this movie in the face and finally going I don't I don't think I'm a I'm a I'm a fan (laughs) of this movie which is weird because I feel like it's been so many years since I've seen it but it it just in my mind it's it's been oh yeah that's a that's that's a top five for sure that's a top five Scorsese film for me and I I know now that it is it's not I, I want to come back to the uh, people not winning, not shouldn't not 
your your opinion that people shouldn't win for playing real people. Do you have that opinion of of this performance? Do you feel like the the win was deserved? You know, I I, I mean, I can't. I don't know who was nominated that year for everything. Um, but but I mean, I do think as as committed performances go, I thought it, I thought he was good. I do. I think. Um, and again, I think there are scenes that are that are great. Um, hard to watch or uninteresting or I'm not sympathetic to the character or whatever. But yeah, I, I think it's a good performance. Um, and I, I mean, I think probably was, it probably was the best performance that year or, you know, that was nominated and, and, and all that. Um, but it just, it doesn't, it just doesn't live up to that esteem for me. Um, and I just feel like even De Niro, I think De Niro has been, been better in other movies. Maybe not, as central a figure, but I don't know. I mean, for me, it's nice to see him play, play other things. I just, I just, I mean, it's all, it's a lot of the same thing. And, you know, I, there's no dynamic change. There's no, there's not a whole lot of things for me to, to, you know, I, I like this idea of, of a, of, of a fish hook kind of hooking my sternum. And it's, it's, it's what keeps pulling me in, pulling me in. I want to see what happens next. I just felt like I, I was sitting back. I felt on my ass and, and like, like, I don't know. I defeated watching the movie. I just didn't like, I don't know what I'm getting from this. See the, the change, him not changing that I have difficulty agreeing with. Cause he, yeah, he is, he's a piece of shit the whole movie, but it's the varying degrees of, for somebody who hasn't seen it or, or, Knowing where there there is there are moments where it could turn around and you think oh maybe him doing this maybe him winning the belt finally besting Sugar Ray maybe that's going to turn things around or maybe him winning the championship that's going to turn things around and he just the thing that's fascinating for me about this type of persona is is the ways in which it doesn't is that the even the moments where he's winning he's losing because of his inadequacies, because of his obsessiveness, uh, you know, he, like you said, the, the moments that are fascinating for me are what, or what uh, Ebert was talking about in his retrospective review, the, the, you know, the film is framed by boxing, by this sport, but the film isn't about boxing. It's about the in-between times. It's, a, it's about the times when he is home and he's between fights and he's not doing the work that he should be doing, you know, getting the weight down and, and training, but he's sat there and he's got time to view the world around him and this family that he has built for himself and, and all the ways that he isn't, he hasn't earned it. And so to him, that's, that's psychologically damaging and he's just going to pick it apart until he can try and shape it and mold it into the thing that he wants, which ultimately means that he's going to destroy it. That is the thing that is fascinating for me about the performance and, and why I circle back around to calling it brave and, sure. and this, that, and the other. And, and saying that I do think that he deserved the win. I, 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 I am clearly the minority in this in ter- I mean in terms of, of the way that people and that's look o- at- no that's no okay. oh no I know I'm just I'm just saying like I I I realize that I mean most people look at this performance and go holy shit like this is fucking top 10 ever like this is the epitome of film performances and and losing yourself in yeah, something yeah, yeah absolutely and I I can I see it and I respect it I get it I'm not I'm not befuddled as to why this is but 
when I when I take stock of how I look at it, I just it just doesn't it just doesn't do it for me. And it took it took this last viewing for me to really go, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not a really big fan of Raging Bull. Uh, I just didn't, you know, it's, and I agree, I agree that it's not a boxing movie and, and that's, that's fine. I don't, I don't care about that aspect of it. I think, I think the boxing well, is, the stuff is thing, shot beautifully, which is, which is great. I think it takes an outsider, somebody who isn't interested in a particular subject to find the things that are worthwhile about it. Scorsese is just not a sports guy in general, especially boxing. Yeah. He doesn't see the point of boxing at all. So I think that's, it's great to have that sort of outsider perspective and, I think it created it, it made for dynamic ways in which to shoot uh, a boxing match. Whereas if you had somebody that has is very fluent in it, maybe you would have something that was much more, uh, you know, paint by numbers rather than, you know, all the unique ways in which Corsese and the little details that he picked up on, like the blood dripping off of the, uh, the ropes or the, yeah. the blood sponge. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to turn direction because I think I think we've established that I think it's one of the greatest performances of all time, and you're also taken with it. So I'm yeah. looking for for things that maybe you do appreciate about it. I mean, we talked about technically the editing. Yeah. Do, do you want to talk about the supporting performances? Oh well, sure. I mean, I you know this is pretty much Joe Joe Pesci and Kathy Moriarty really getting their well. This is their breakout. I mean, this is this is Moriarty's. This is her first film. Yeah, wasn't I, know, it? I know. It's legitimately her first film. And Pesci and done some done like one or two some small things. Yeah, yeah. I I did like how, um, sort of uh, what's the vibe I'm looking for? Like, you know, De Niro seen Pesci in something, and then Pesci knew Moriarty, and Pesci knew um, oh, what's his name um. Pesci knew Frank Vincent from around two, like, and Frank Vincent and Pesci were in a band together. And I, I liked that, you know, it's kind of small world that they, yeah, they really yeah. just kind of picked from around who they knew and like, oh, like I want you in this movie, and because you're in it and you vouch for this person, there's sort of a oh yeah 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 no they're they're good too they'll be perfect for it. Um, I remember when watching it and you know when they say Kathy Moriarty was 15, I was like bullshit, because but I'm at that point I'm pegging her at like. 27 and then when i when i found out she actually was 19 i was like oh wow i mean i get she's not 15 but that's i i'm more i'm i'm more impressed with her playing her in the later years like i thought she was like well yeah because she, she has to play her plays in, it well in like her in her early 40s at least yeah at yeah. that point so i think i mean i i i, I thought and i thought pesci was good um I mean, it's, a, it's a shame we never really got another performance like this from Kathy Moriarty. I feel like her career was, was kind of the the career that wasn't. Yeah, I don't. I I also it it wasn't. I mean, from the the retrospective documentary or whatever that I saw with her in it, it didn't seem like it was even something that she was really going after. Yeah, it was not a career that she was pursuing. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I feel like there's there's untapped potential or maybe roles that I agree. didn't come her way that should have. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's I'm, fair. I'm, just, I'm disappointed that we don't have more things like this with yeah. her in it. I agree. I agree. Because yeah. I'm sure most people probably just know her as the bad guy from Casper at this point. Oh my God! Did I just did I just throw you in the way back machine? You remember that her and Eric Idle? I I I absolutely do. Yeah. Wow. It's fresh in my mind because Liz had it on the other day, and I went, "You've got to be fucking kidding me." That. I I I spaced that was I didn't even know that was her. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, Unfortunate. 
It's well, and it's funny too because I, I was thinking now that I'm thinking about it because Casper is what early to mid 90s, 95, yeah, 96. Yeah. I think. So yeah. she would have only been. I mean, because I I actually remember thinking like whoever this blonde lady is in Casper looks pretty good. So she definitely kept kept care of herself and and yeah, my God, she is the bad guy in Casper. Holy shit. How do you feel about, uh, did you read some of the details of Schrader's original pass, which was definitely going to be far more X-rated? Um, I, I remember the the way the jail scene was supposed to turn out. Right. Well, he deliberately wrote, knowing that they were going to cut stuff, he went too far so that they could pare it down to what he actually wanted to write. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was originally supposed to just cry and masturbate yep. in the in the prison cell instead of beat, which I think pounding the shit out of his fists on the wall was probably the right choice yeah and as far as you you talk about with with physicality going too far yes i don't feel like de niro actually needed to fuck his hands up because that's a real wall that he's going at he refused to let them put padding oh that's not what i oh really that's not what i heard oh no because well one was that it would look like padding was the problem oh that's not that wasn't what i heard oh but i could i I heard it was a, it was a thin layer of padding that they just that they with the black and white and everything that they oh that it, that it worked yeah okay so, oh a couple of accounts that I read that was that him fucking going out of wall and I I think I think now that's going to be one of those apocryphal things where it's like yeah. you know only the people that were there would know yeah exactly and, exactly know, urban yeah. legend was you probably know, De Niro and Scorsese would probably say no no he was punching the wall and people maybe somebody who was there was like no 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 we put we put padding up there yeah. but but who, yeah. yeah it's one of those it's <laughs> one of those Blade Runner things is he a replicant is he not to to help the longevity of the film kind of thing right <laughs> yeah it was exactly the same thing yeah. no the the oh. no the the essence is that being you know you you know. What, what did John Ford say when you have the, the opportunity to, to print? If you have the choice between printing the truth and the legend, print the legend. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Because that'll help. That'll only help the longevity of a thing because totally. it'll keep people talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Blade Runner is just, is just the big example for me as far as, you know, Ridley Scott latching on to, oh, I can, I can create a debate around this thing. Even though that we know what the truth is, we can create a debate and we can keep people talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand. I just thought it was funny jumping from <laughs> these two. That's all. That's all I got. You, but I totally yeah, understand. Yeah. 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 Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to not. I really just think of, I mean, that last fight with Sugar Ray Robinson is what, I mean, when I think of this movie, I really, what comes to mind first is that last fight in terms of the, the, all the stylistic choices, the sound coming in and out and, and the way that it, the it's steady cam on roller skates moving around. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, and that, that whatever whatever we want to call it, but the jaw shot, you know, where it, you know, the cameras what is the cameras pushing in, but it's zooming out. Yeah, right. I, I, yeah. I, I, I love. It. I, I really liked. There's an animalistic nature, and they actually have animal sounds on the soundtrack, and I, I love that slow motion of Sugar Ray raising his fist, and the, again, the, the sort of these men are going, to, they're out to kill each other. Yeah, and Lamada is seems oddly okay with that. Well, and I, and I. I mean, it's funny because, again, I, I understand. I mean, literally what that scene is about is for De Niro to go, you never knock me down. Right. You never knock me down. And I, 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 I get it. I understand what he and the movie is trying to say in that moment. Which, again, is more, which is more impressive than the actual truth because the, 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 the rumor that the film propagates is that he was never knocked down. He yeah. was knocked down at least once in his yeah. career, and I think it was actually right around the same time. But... But, but yes, yes. But but you know, facts aside, in terms of living in the movie, I, I get it. 
but it's at a it's at a point where we've already seen him be who he is and it's like okay he never knocked you down but are you champion anymore no it's like i just don't but in his mind the the victory is in the defeat that's the thing that's so fucked up about his character yeah I, 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 yes, yes. I get, no, it doesn't make sense. He's, he doesn't make sense. I, I get your frustrations with it. It's hard to wrap your mind around this man who was so self-destructive. I mean, it's, it's hard to wrap my mind around and yet it's also very easy for me to dismiss. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not a mystery or character that I want to delve into. Yeah. And I, and I, and that's fair. I mean, it's, there, there's an unlikability. There's a, there's a, you don't want to be in the room with this man. You don't yeah. want anything to do with it. And I, th- I do think it's fun to watch movies about people that you don't like. I, I, I'm, I, again, I'm, I feel like I'm so unfortunately like in a zone of thinking about these three movies that we're talking about today. But I don't know, and you want it, you're right on the edge. I feel like you're right on the edge of wanting to like this film and accept it. But I, I, I am. But and I, and I'm, I, and don't get, I'm not trying to push you over that. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's just hard to, yeah. Anything else you want to say? <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I, I wasn't expecting to come into this with the, uh, in the same way that we came into Apocalypse Now. I mean, I was, I was thinking, I, d- I didn't think this was going to be a gush fest. Yeah. I, I knew that, I knew that I was going to gush over it. I wasn't anticipating you necessarily to, but I wasn't expecting you to swing the other way. Yeah. I don't think I was either, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Yeah. I turned this I I turned this on thinking, Okay, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh It's Raging Bull, it's got the reputation, you yeah. know, it's accepted as one of the greatest films of all time in the National Film Registry. Roger Ebert loves it, it's on his great movies list. Yeah. Generally accepted as one of the greatest performances of all time. I'm glad that Scorsese chose not to go out on this one. I mean it would have been a hell of a fucking movie to go out on. Sure. And there's a chance who knows i mean he's already made, he's made so many movies since then but that this really i mean it could be higher in people's esteem if this is the thing that the last thing that he does oh you know? yeah absolutely so um so it's got me curious what your answer is to the big question if i think it should be in the book mm. and uh i am going to go with no that will be the hottest take. That yeah. will be a hotter take than me saying it's the bravest performance of the 20th century. I, I agree. And I, 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 I wish I liked this movie more. Um, and, that's, and, th- and that was part of it, too, is when I, when I was looking at this list of, of the movies that he's already, or that the movies of his that are already in the book. It's do, you like, wanna, do you want to run down them again? So the movies that, that oh, I must have forgotten one. I, oh, I, I took it off. Yeah, that's right. So I said, so he, he has Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, The King of Comedy, Goodfellas and Gangs of New York. Those are his movies that are in the book. Um, and not, not having seen King of Comedy, I'm going to leave that opinion aside because I, I, I'm not going to, I don't know. Well, I already know that you think Gangs of New York shouldn't be in there. I agree. Yeah, I do. And, and, and now that and, and I like Gangs of New York. I don't know that it's a must-see movie. I think it's a must-see movie if you're a Scorsese fan. I oh, sure. A, I think it's a must-see movie well, if you're a fan of long gestating projects. And this I, has and I plagued def- Scorsese's career. Yeah, and I definitely like Gangs of New York. Don't get me wrong. I do I do like that movie. Um. I and certainly I mean, think Raging Bull deserves to be in the book more than Gangs of New York. I would, well, I would swap out Gangs of New York for The Departed on a personal, just a, like, I would do that anyway. And um, I'm, I'm going to replace Raging Bull with Wolf of Wall Street. 
I think I, I, it's a, I, I think it's a more entertaining film. I know it's a longer film, but I'm in it. Now, would you acknowledge he couldn't have made Wolf of Wall Street without having previously made this? Because um, I feel like Wolf of Wall Street doesn't happen without this. I, I, I can't say as one way or the other. As far as thematically, the, the path that he was walking as far as these types of characters. It, 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 it depends. I mean, there's a lot of Henry Hill in Wolf of Wall Street, too. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I think I think why I see more Henry Hill uh, than Jake LaMotta in, in Jordan Belfort and The Wolf of Wall Street is because we don't, well, at least I don't, I don't really see Jake LaMotta relishing what he has when he has it. Not really. But in, like there's, there's, again, maybe it's part of the fun of seeing it is watching these guys like buy expensive shit like living the dream like you know watching them go into the copa or or watching leo and, and everybody you know like just party and and and, and just th- literally throw money around there's something and, and this is where we completely diverge because it's for all those reasons the opposite of all those reasons that i love raging bull that even when he does have it yes he can enjoy it the duality of that i mean the the the, the contradiction the walking contradiction that was jake lamada for all those reasons why you just said you love Goodfellas and Wolf of Wall Street, the opposite is why I love Raging Bull. I, and I, it's like I, I have so many movies in my mind, and I can't. I wish I could think of something that's that's similar to, to Raging Bull that I do enjoy. There's just something about this character, and and I mean, I get yeah, I get. I think I think ultimately where I end up is that I don't. Is I don't enjoy. There will be blood. Is that an apt comparison? You know what? I, yeah, maybe yeah, and. I think, okay, so, but even then, like, when I think about There Will Be Blood, there's a scene in that movie where he he takes his son and he puts him on the train and he walks away. That's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And I remember not having watched that movie in a few years. I watched it uh, when we first moved back to Seattle and Stella was sleeping on my chest. She was just maybe, like, I don't know five months old and that moment happened and like I, I I had to silently weep as to not wake her up but like it destroyed me and there are so many more more iconic moments in that movie but for me that one's just it it's like stuck in my brain and well I remember the first time I saw it, it knocked the fucking wind out of me yeah and and again I think it, it maybe it's just a personal thing but like I had emotional reactions to there will be blood I didn't have any to this. And I get, yes, about a, a singular drive and nobody's going to stop me from doing what I want to do and he's not, a, he's not a good guy. At, uh, yeah, at the risk of destroying everything around him. Yeah. But I guess maybe I, I can see that, I see how the greed affects his life more in There Will Be Blood than I do in this. And, it may be, and maybe the other thing is that we have, we have his son character in There Will Be Blood. Somebody who we... We really, when he comes back later on, we really sympathize with. Well, I think that's, the comparison is the Joey character in this. But I don't give a shit about Joey. Joey's just as big a piece of shit as everybody else in the movie. He's placating his brother. He also has singular visions. And if we're meant to believe, if we're meant to believe Vicky, then they actually have had sex, which does not make him a good person. I, yeah. They're, 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 they're not charming. They're bad people. I don't like watching them. I don't recommend this movie. I don't think it should be in the book. All right. 
Well, there you have it. <laughs> split decision. We had a split decision in a while? Um, I don't know. Although we haven't recorded in quite some time, yeah. so it, it feels... It feels like it's been a while. I, I, I think it's been a And I think it's while. been a, since Apocalypse Now, probably. Didn't I recommend that, though? I said it should be in the book. Oh, did you say that should be in the yeah. book? Okay. With, but with reservations. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, that's what we think. And honestly, we would love to hear what you think. So please hit us up on, on Facebook and on Twitter um, and leave comments and subscribe and like in all the places where you can listen. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all those great things. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to support the show, you can support us on Patreon.com slash thousand one by one. Um, and uh, and uh, get ready because next week is going to be just as tough a movie to talk about. Um, so hopefully you're, you're in store for that um, as we broach another first time director. Uh, and and that'll be what it is. <laughs> and until then, uh, I'm Adam. And I'm Eve. And we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>